This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Pick em, 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 pick em. Let's go. Woo! Up against it today, boys. Got the PFL on right now. I shut it off. Full concentration on this fight card. UFC Lemos was on Draj this Saturday. If you're watching on YouTube, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube, I am wearing the MMA Podcast merch. I only got, I ordered all five shirts. Only got one, and it's the logo shirt. Boys and girls, it is soft. It is soft. You could literally wipe your child's ass with it if you wanted to. I'm telling you, baby soft, making me look jacked, a little tight on the armchair, barely fitting the fucking screen. But we're here, baby. Let's go. Um, yeah, not a lot of fluff. Not a lot of fluffing around here. We're going to jump right to the fights because PFL's on. My guy, Kenny Flooring, is on the telecast. PFL, great card this week. I got a lot on Don Madge. Did I move the line on Don Madge? That's to be decided. But I did put two unis on my guy. Ever since he um, since he's been on the podcast, I have uh, gambled on him every single time he has won. Had a crazy busy day today. Did not want to drive to Indiana, but I did it. I got it done. Placed the bets. Now we're going to pick some winners. This card, obviously not the best on paper. I do think there's some good spots on here. A lot of up-and-coming guys. A lot of guys coming back that I'm actually kind of excited to see here. Um, so I think we're, we're in for a decent little scrap Saturday night, boys. Big uh, combat sports weekend. You got Tyson Fury fighting Dylan White. You got two Bellator shows. You got PFL tonight. You got UFC Saturday. Uh, if you're a combat sports fan, you cannot go wrong this weekend, boys. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, listen. Here we go. First fight of the night, Dean Barry from Ireland. <sighs> This is it. This is the actual number from a fighter that's four and one who is a mid talent at best. Minus eleven twenty five is what I have him. Literally just seconds ago, I got from DraftKings against Mike Jackson. Oh and one plus seven hundred. So Dean Barry, if you don't know, I did some research on this guy this week. He, you know, he's a Raymond Daniels trained karate kickboxer coming over to MMA. He's not the youngest guy in the world. He's four and one. Got some unique style striking. He's like Stephen Thompson mixed with Lyoto a little bit, right? He's not quite Raymond Daniels. Raymond Daniels is a little more explosive. He's not as bouncy as Stephen Thompson. He's more patient like Lyoto, but very similar karate styles. Pretty good. Four and one. He's 29 years old, coming over to MMA. He's fought kind of nobody, although I did watch his... The Drew Lipton fight was a complete joke. He knocked Drew Lipton out in 20 seconds. You know, that Drew Lipton 6-30. and 6-30, boys. Uh, but Adula Al-Basari, uh, a fight back in 2020. Uh, this dude's a bricked-up dude, and he kept taking Dean down and, and had some Dean in some really bad positions. And, uh, you know, he got out of a lot of those and showed some heart and, and power and up knocking him out in the first round. I like that fight for him. Um, that was his best fight. And then Anthony Taylor was his only loss by Renick Choke back in 2018. Anthony Taylor is known for the guy that follows around Jake Paul and, and boxes and gets beat up and says, hey, I'm an MMA fighter too. Yeah, Anthony, you're an MMA fighter, but you're 7-5 and five as an MMA fighter. 
uh, you know, you're 32 years old. Now you're boxing. You can't beat Chris Avi on boxing. Can't beat Tommy Fury. You know, it is what it is. You know, he's hitting on the Kardashians on Twitter. Shoot your shot, young bull. But uh, it ain't gonna happen. But listen, Dean Barry's fighting Mike Ta- of Mike Thomas, Mike Jackson. Yeah, that same Mike Jackson who knocked out CM Punk, or excuse me, didn't knock out CM Punk. I uh, excuse me. I am so sorry, Philip Brooks. You did not get knocked out. It was a decision loss. Uh, got overturns. I think Mike Jackson popped for weed or some shit like that. His only other professional fight in MMA is Mickey Gall, where he did get dropped, choked out, and under a minute in the first round. That was basically the CM Punk sweepstakes. Who's going to fight CM Punk is, is basically what that fight was. Um, but yeah, he's just, listen, he's 0-1. And people are like, why is he 0-1? Why is he still in the UFC? Because the UFC honors contracts, boys. This guy signed a four-fight deal or three-fight deal. Hasn't hit that deal yet. You know, he's an MMA journalist. He's out there doing, photo, uh, you know, f- photographer. Apparently, he's very good at his job. I, I, I'm not familiar with his work, but he has work outside being a fighter. But he's also like, the UFC's like, listen, we're going to keep this guy on the roster because we're going to feed him to guys that we think we can sell. Dean Barry coming from Ireland, have a nice little background, perfect sell. This line's absurd. Dean Barry's going to win by KO. I don't have any of the props. Uh, DraftKings doesn't have any props yet for maybe for the main card they do, but at least for this fight, they do not. Uh, if you want to improve that line, it, it, it's Dean Barry by KO. I think he's going to knock out Mike Jackson here. I think Mike Jackson's sloppy takedowns are going to work. And I think Dean, Dean Barry, who I've been following this week, he's been doing a pretty good job at, um, you know, like video blogging his travels and whatnot. He seems pretty laser focused. So Dean Barry, next up, Marcin Practico. He's a minus 125 versus Philip Linz. Plus 105, I just, I, you know, I, I've never been really high on either of these guys. Prackneo stole money right from my hands. How did he beat Khalil Roundtree? Then he stops uh, Ike Villanueva with a body kick. This guy who literally had no chin was getting knocked out left and right in the UFC. Is now on a two-fight win streak here. Philip Lenz feels like he hasn't fought forever. He pulls out of every fight. Now he's at 205, was at heavyweight, did pretty well in the PFL, has not done well in the UFC. What kind of Philip Lenz are we going to get here? The guy's pretty good in the clinch. He likes to clinch up with you. He likes to throw knees. He likes to get ugly. Bully ball in that clinch. Fuck you up a little bit. Is that going to be enough? Practico, even though I think his chin is weak, he does have some good striking. Like his striking against Khalil Roundtree looked pretty good. Khalil fell off a cliff. His cardio-wise did, but he looked pretty good. What do we got here? Just a bunch of fucking... Just a bunch of goddamn... Twitters. I love you, Twitters. I almost had a thousand followers, which is absolutely fucking bonkers. Anyway, um, Practico does have uh, some decent decent striking or whatever, but his chin's a little... But it, it's better than Philip Lins. But Philip Lins, even though his chin's not that great either, he's been put out, but he's been put out by heavyweights. I've always maintained that 205ers hit just as hard as heavyweights, they're just faster. But I, I don't have a lot of dogs, so I'm got I gotta take a dog and and I gotta fucking dog the bounty hunter, baby. I'm the dog, the big bad dog. I am not happy dog locking Philip Lenz, but when I look at this card, there's there's not a lot of meat on the bones as far as underdogs as I'm concerned. If you really want to take a shot at some of these plus 700s, I'm not going to stop you. Um, there's another guy I like. I don't know where he's going to fall underdog-wise. Evan Elder, who, who just got announced today to fight. Not sure how that line's going to shake out. and But yeah, so the, I got to lock him up. I'm going to lock him up dog style here. Uh, give me Philip Lenz. Not happy about it, but I do think if he gets in the clinch, um, you know, he can, he can land a shot and practice goes chins always going to be an issue for me. It's always going to be an issue. And, uh, hopefully it's an issue here because this looks like a fight that I'm looking Listen, I, I, I cleaned up last week. I missed my slime ball, but I, I, I battled back 
and I won money on betting underdogs. So betting underdogs pays off, but you got to pick the right underdogs. Let's not just throw shit at a board. Let's do it smart. Let's do it concise. And I think Philip Lewis has a really good shot here. Plus 105. It's a barely an underdog. It's a baby dog. It's a little puppy. But God damn it, we're doing it. All right. Elite Long. Elite Long versus Cameron Else. Elite Long minus 225 versus Cameron Else. Cameron Lang. I say Cameron Else. Excuse me. Plus 185. Was on the Anakin Florian. As you know, go listen to that. Best MMA podcast in the world. And they do the pronunciation of the week. Cody Merrill does the pronunciation week. So they played a video file and Cody tried to pronounce over Leechy Lang's uh, name. And, you know, it's it's impossible. And he speaks Mongolian or Chinese. I can't remember which one. He's a Mongolian murder. I, I'm assuming, I'm not educated enough, but I'm assuming Mongolian is a different language than Chinese, whatever. Anyway, um, but the way he says Mongolian murderer, like he literally goes <clears throat> on the file, he goes, or Leechy Lang. Mongolian murderer, go listen to it. This guy's murdered people before. That scared me. I've had nightmares since I've heard that. Mongolian murderer, like he only learned English to fucking say Mongolian murderer to scare people. I don't get scared easy. The Mongolian murderer shook me, man. That's a creepy fucking, oh man. However, Mongolian murder is 0-2 in the UFC, but he has fought some good competition. Jeff Molina was an absolute banger of a fight. Cody Durden, say what you want about the guy. Might not be the best guy in the world, but uh, is a pretty scrappy dude. Cameron Else, this guy coming in, lost Kyler Phillips on his debut on short notice. Not a big deal. Kyler Phillips is my guy. That dude's just hanging loose, giving the shockers, probably banging every chick on the beach. Well, he's from Arizona. Banging every chick at a bar in Arizona. That guy's just slanging it. Um, Cameron also, you, you dig in this guy's record. He hasn't beat anybody good. This has been kind of the theme on MMA Twitter. A lot of people sharing stats at Cameron else all his victories against really weak competition. Alicia Lang, 2011 at the best record, you know, that Chinese regional Chinese MMA scene is, is still up and coming. It's still trying to become good, but he has fought two competitive fights in the UFC against two real guys who I think are really good. Jeff Molina, who's undefeated in the UFC and Cody Durden. So give me Alicia Lang here. Um, I like about that number. This is slime ball cannon number one, baby. Boop, boop, boop. Slime ball cannon number one, Orichi Long. Uh, minus 225 is a decent little number. Uh, else, I think, is is going to look for the fight to get to the ground. I think Orichi Lang hopefully can keep him on the feet and, and take over the fight here. Uh, again, Else is, is pretty scrappy dude. You know, I think he's only been finished once or twice in his career. Let's double check that, huh? Let's not start in facts. So I know Kyle Phillips finished him. Got finished. Okay, so he's been finished a few times. I was wrong. He got finished his debut. He got finished by Ed Arthur, and he got finished by Damian Whedon plus Kyler Phillips. Okay, so give me a leechy line there. I apologize. I like him, and I said I'd only been finished once. That's an oversight. Next up, Tyson Pedro, minus 590. Woof. Versus Ike Villanueva, he is plus 425. I like Tyson Pedro. You forget about this guy. He's been out for, like, what, four years? Right? He had devastating, like, a knee thing, right? He's before 2018. Yeah, four years. It'll be four years this December. Coming off a loss over... Um, over Shogun Hua, which was not his great performance. No loss over OS, OS, uh, OSP, got arm locked. The Hua fight, he gassed out. Before that, you know, his, his debut in the UFC, he beat Roundtree, which was a good performance. Paul Craig by elbows, which is obviously looking like a pretty good uh, win now, considering. Dropped the decision of Lolita Latifi, Sarah Safarov, who, you know, is, is what he is, not very good. Camorred him and then dropped two, and he's been out for four years. So battling some type of injury, but 
This guy's huge. He's big for 205. Ike Villeneva, not a fucking world beater in his own right. Likes to stand up, likes to bang it out. Has been lost, has lost it by submission million, million and billions and trillions of times. Uh, and that's where I think Tyson Pedro is going to take it down. Now, listen, 590 stiff. It's very stiff. I like Tyson by, by submission here. Again, don't have the props in front of me. Maybe I'll do a prop show on Friday. We'll live stream the prop show. Um, just to dig in on the props and I really don't have any listed here and I only really place bets with DraftKings. So uh, Tyson Pedro by submission is my pick. Minus 590 is absurd. Four years off. A guy with cardio issues coming in there against a pretty, I would say pretty durable Ike Villanueva. I mean, he's got a fucking catcher's mitt face, right? Uh, you know, and he's, and he's, and he's tough. He's 18 and 13. He's willing to get down and get dirty. If this doesn't go Tyson Pedro's way in that second or third round, if you can live bet hammer, Ike Villanueva, but my first read right now is Tyson Pedro going to go in there. He's been working hard. Ty Tuvasa is like his boy. They're like right-hand man. Ty Tuvasa is up to his game. I'm assuming Tyson Pedro is up to his game. Give me that submission. Uh, but I like Tyson Pedro minus 590 steep though, boys. Dwight Grant plus 100 versus Sergey. These Russian names kill me. Kadadozik. Kadadoziko. Kadadoziko. I'm going to go Sergey because I'm embarrassing myself. If you listen to this and you're from Russia or you speak Russian, I apologize for offending your whole nation. I just, and that's another thing about uh, back to the Mongolian murderer. Um, I could spend the next hundred years. Obviously, I'm not going to live in a hundred years, but I could spend the next 50 years. Every day studying Mongolian or Chinese, and I would never learn how to speak it. My mouth just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. I think I could probably understand it. Like, obviously, you're going to eventually pick it up. I'm not that dumb, but I'll never physically be able to say it with my mouth because it just doesn't work that way. English words are hard enough. I can't can't add anything else in there. But a Dwight Grant versus Sergey here. This fight, you know, I fade Dwight Grant every time he goes out, right? This is a guy who I just, he came out the contender series, right? Yeah, came out the contender series. Nice knockout over Tyler Hill. Gets thrown in the UFC and then up and down, up and down, up and down. And then just a lot of his losses aren't good. A lot of his wins aren't. I mean, uh, Alan Joe Bans, his best win was a split decision. I thought he lost that fight. Thought he lost a fight to Francisco. Or, yeah, he did lose a fight to Francisco and Trinaldo. A lot of people thought he won. I think he dropped Trinaldo a couple times in that fight. But Dwight Grant just doesn't go. He just needs to go. He does have big power, but he has been caught before. And to Sergey debuted uh, in the UFC against uh, Rustin Hobby or yeah Rustin Hobbylov decision loss Hobbylov's a beast 23 and 4 in his own right he's got a good win over Rustin Markham out, or in the UFC excuse me outside the UFC he's got some decent wins a lot of losses by choke so clearly this guy wants to stand up he's a Muay Thai specialist he wants to fucking kick your head off your shoulders just kick it right off those fucking things Dwight Grant can mix it up a little bit but I don't love his wrestling um I don't think even if he gets it to the ground, I don't think he's like a submission threat. He wants to stand up as well. His boxing's pretty good. He's obviously proven to have some heavy hands at 170. The plus number is tempting. I can understand why people would want to take Dwight Grant because, again, this card is a little lean when it comes to underdogs. But I'm going to give Sergey here. You're going to give me a Russian versus a fucking guy who I fade all the time. I'm going to take the Russian because I'm a chalk boy. Give me the chalk. Give me the Russian. I think it's going to be a stand-up fight. And as long as both guys have a little bit of cardio because they have faded in the past, it should be a fun fight. But I like Sergey here. I think he's more dynamic. He's got some good kicks. He moves a little bit. 
Cardio still put in question on both these guys. Dwight Green has been knocked out before. So has Sergey, but Sergey's biggest weakness is when it goes to the ground. Don't think Dwight really has that kind of in his arsenal. So give me Sergey. I'm going the Russian, fading Dwight Grant again. Advice for the listeners. You don't have to tell everything I do. If you like, if you're a Dwight Grant fan, you go, oh, that's a great number. Brian's wrong. Take Dwight Grant. I'm wrong all the time, baby. Okay. But I don't think I'm wrong in this one. All right, Jordan Wright. This guy's a serial killer. Plus 155 versus Marc-Andre Barriot, who is a minus 190. Jordan Wright's a guy who scares me, and i tell you why. He's a serial killer, right? The Beverly Hills ninja, he's got that look where it's like he's got bodies chopped up in his truck. Might be the nicest guy in the world. I have no idea, but he creeps me out a little bit. But this dude's kill or be killed, right? Bruno Silva's last time out, a minute 30. There was so much that happened in that minute 30 of that fight. Bruno Silva, a beast. Only one loss in the UFC right now, and that was against Alex Pereira just not too long ago. Jordan Wright gave it to Silva and just got caught, and that's been his biggest issue. He gets caught. His chin is not that great. Joaquin Buckley, another fight where he was doing okay in the first round, got caught at the end of the first round, put away in the second. Jamie Pickett jumped all over to Jamie Pickett, took him out of there in a little over a minute. Jamie Pickett's a very durable guy. That's probably his best win. Got knocked out of the contender series by Anthony Hernandez, got overturned, got brought into the UFC. He beat Chico by knockout, and he beat Villanueva by cut, and then has a win over Pickett. Now enter Mark Andrew Barot. This guy was a tank. This guy, to me, wasn't the most skilled guy in the world, but every time he lost, it was by some kind of decision, and he was fighting really good guys. It looks like I got makeup on. Sorry, my face is red. What is going on? It's the lights. Dude, look, every time I say my face is red, it's getting redder. What is happening? I look like fucking Santa Claus. All right, never mind. Um, I don't care. I'm not vain. Um, but every fight in the UFC, Andrew Sanchez, lost, right? Decision. Uh, Christoph Jocko, split decision. Very close. Junior Park, he's very good. Decision. No contest against Oscar Pacholta. Beat Abu Abu Azar, ground and pound. First finish in the UFC. Beat Dolce, good win by decision. Then he gets Chidi and Jukwe. And Chitty ain't fucking around. Chitty, Chitty, bang, bang, boom, put him out in the first round. Bury you. The tank took a shot, got knocked out in the first round. Now, here's the rub. That can happen in this fight. People are favoring Jordan Wright because of how quickly Barry Oak got knocked out. I can understand that. I get that completely. But I think Barry Oak is a guy who he got caught. Everyone gets caught in that, in that first whatever. I think he knows what Jordan Wright's bringing. I think he's going he's gonna to keep it to himself a little bit. And then when the fight goes on, he's going to open up and land some strikes. Because I do think Barry still has a chin even though he got put out. This is slime ball candidate number two. Number two, the Canadian Marc-Andre Beirut. Um, this is purely based on the fact that I think if it goes outside of two minutes, Barry Oates going to take over no matter what. I don't think Jordan Wright can go three rounds. The best bet. The best bet for this fight, and it's going to be a very high number, is fight doesn't go to decision. Parlay that with another prop. There's no way this sees the cards. Neither of these guys, like RJ Barrow, even though he is a decision fighter, technically with only one or one finish in the UFC, he can crack. And he's got finishes outside the UFC, and Jordan Wright, just that guy's just not built for the cards. I can see Wright being an active dog here. I can understand why people like that play. Uh, good money, lean card when it comes to dogs. He can catch you in a second. Barriott's coming off a really early knockout, but I'm going to go with fucking Ironhead Barriott here. Oh, Canada. Let's go. Preston Parsons, there's Evan Elder. Do not have a line for this fight. This fight just got put together like 20 minutes ago. Preston Parsons, excuse me, took a big old drink, went down the wrong pipe. 
Preston Parsons, 9-3, debuted in the UFC against Daniel Rodriguez, looked pedestrian, but Daniel Rodriguez, D-Rod's a fucking, is a G. He's good. But this guy wants to get the fight to the ground. He's got really good chokes. He's got really good chokes, really good arm bars. Rene chokes a lot of his wins there. But he's fighting Evan Elder, who this guy's built big, boys. This is a thick kid at, uh, at uh, excuse me, what weight is his lightweight? Um, 25 years old, training out of Sanford MMA. Both these dudes are from Florida, so it's going to be a Florida off. I don't know any other zip codes besides 305, which is Miami. I don't think either of these guys are representing Miami. But uh, Evan Elder, a guy who I was not familiar with, I looked on his Instagram, and I went and looked at his record. So 0-0, 0-1, 0 1-1, 2-1, 6-6, 4-1. 9-16 was his last fight, um, and that was by knockout in third round. So Marcus Andruslo, who's 9-18. This dude, uh, did he has he fought anywhere good? No. So Marcus Andrulo took him to the third round, which scares me, but I don't know. Evan Elder is still becoming his own fighter. Striking's very stiff, but it's powerful. He puts people down. He can land big strikes, and he's more positioned on top. He's a good wrestler. Preston Parts could easily catch him. He might be better on the ground, but I like the grinding ability of Evan Elder here. I don't have a line in this fight. If I had a cap, this could be very, very close the opening line, I would probably lean towards Parsons, but Evan Elder is undefeated, and he's got a pretty good camp behind him, a great camp behind him, not pretty good. They're fucking great. Um, and he might even lean slight favorite, but I'm taking Evan Elder. If he's going to be a dog, slight dog, I say hammer it, or a bigger dog, hammer it. If, if Vegas is seeing something I'm not seeing, do it. But Preston Parsons, I think, really has one way to win, and that's on the ground. Evan Elder cannot go to the ground if he doesn't want to. I think Preston Parsons' takedown is a little average. Evan Elder, not the best strike in the world, but it's powerful. Boy can crack. So let's go E.E. Evan Elder. What's up? Charles Jordan. Minus 125 versus Lando Venata. Plus 105. This is probably the best fight in the card. Uh, maybe not the best fight in the card. There's some really good fights in the card. But this probably will be the best fight in the card. My favorite thing is, is I listen to a lot of other podcasts. I listen to a lot of YouTube shows and cappers and stuff. And a lot of them from Canada. And it's so funny. Canada's huge. Different provinces. And it's great hearing people from maybe a, closer to a French provenance pronounced Charles and then guys like me from America that says Jordan. Uh, you know what I mean? But he's a legit dude. Lando Venata. When, when's Lando in a boring fight? Never. This line is super close. I like the line. Uh, you know, Venata coming off a win over Mike Grundy, which is kind of a wrestle fest. He looked pretty good. Venata has wrestled in the past. For that decision, Bobby Green, uh, Yancey Medeiros. We're going Mark DeCasey. We're going Marcus Mariano, Dracar Close. So if you look at his record, right, and we all, as cappers, we're all looking for patterns. We're all looking for an edge, right? So he went, his last win, he, was, he has gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So he's coming off a win, which means he should be going, coming to a loss. Am I right, boys? Lando's great. Uh, and Charles Renan has burned me in the past. You know, I like this kid a lot. They're both very good, stylistically matched up really well here. Jordan is very technical. He's a good striker. Lando, a great striker as well. They have their own unique styles. Lando throws a lot of that spinning shit, and Jordan's more within himself. He can throw some spinning shit too, but Jordan, my biggest thing was is like this kid just needs to get a little meaner in there. Like the Julian Arosa fight, put a lot of money on Jordan. Arosa is a fucking complete savage dog, uh, no problem there. But um, but you know I thought he could control that and take Rosa out. Rosa has been finished before. He slowed down, got choked out in that third round. Rosa again is a savage. But then the Andre Yule fight, he was mad. He came back three months later, fought Andre Yule up and Andre's debut at 145. And Andre Yule's a fucking savage as well. And these boys went at it. They went 
at it and Jordan showed that meanness every at the end of every round he's fucking throwing heat <laughs> I mean it was amazing one of the best fights of the night decision win Andre Yule tough as they come stayed in there but some click Jordan's like fuck this I'm going because I got the skills and I want to see him go against Lando so I'm picking Jordan I like his skills better than Lando Venata things a little more tighter a little more cleaner a little bigger in there Lando's gonna have the wrestling advantage if he wants to take it there he might. He might not. I don't know. He likes to play on the feet. He likes to have fun. He gets hit way too much, though. Landa gets hit every fight. He bleeds every fight. It's. I mean, it's nuts. Give me Jordan. That's slime ball candidate number three. Got one more coming, then I'm going to give you the slime ball at the end. It's a juicy one, boys. Juicy. Sorry for doing that in the mic. If you're a misophonia type of person, I probably just turned you on. I apologize. My daughter's hollering in the background. She just got some dinner, so she is fired up. Sumajari versus Manau Cop plus 160 versus minus 190 on Manau Cop. Now, I broke all the remaining fights besides the Romanov because he's got a new opponent and the Palladio Pulas fight on Anakin Florian. So I'm going to kind of keep it maybe short and sweet here. I don't want to bore you and keep repeating myself. I'm high in Manau Cop. Manau Cop is my guy. I thought he's going to come over and, from the UFC over and from Risen, and, 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 and I think he could realistically be for now. I thought he lost a Pantoja fight. Some people made the argument maybe he won. Really didn't do much. Kind of froze. We'll drop him that out. I thought he beat Nicolau in that fight. Lost that decision. Now he's coming off two knockout wins. He left AK. He's in Vegas now, which I think is good. Because I think he went to AK to really sure up his wrestling. I think that wrestling is there now. Now he just needs the bodies. And everyone's in Vegas nowadays training at either Syndicate, Extreme Couture. You're going to get work. Sumajari's a guy comes in to UFC, you know, 3-1 and one in his own right. His one loss is a Luis Smoker by submission. Uh, one knockout over Malcolm Gordon very quick in that fight and decision wins over Saruk Adeshev and then Andre Sukumal. Sukumal, I believe, is not in the UFC anymore and Saruk Adeshev is 3-2. and two. Um, He's a striker, though. He wants to play on the feet. Sumajari, he's good. He's long. He wants to keep it on the feet. Now, Cap, though, he wants to keep it on the feet, too. And what he did with Odie Osborne, who was kind of built similar to Sumajari, was very impressive. No cop took shots in that fight. He, he opened up to open up Odie, which is something that we hadn't seen up until that point. Once he lands, though, it's a wrap. Like, this dude at 125 might be the hardest hitter at 125. Devin Sefigurado is up there as well. But this dude can fucking smack you. And he's going to smack Sumajari. This is sign ball candidate number four. We'll give you the three at the end, baby. That's what we call tease in the biz. Call that a tease in the biz. Uh, give me, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fucking, I'm jacked up. Dude. I'm, I'm ready to watch some PFL. But, um, yeah, I like Manel Cop big in this. And not only do I like him big in this, boys, but... If you don't know what that sound is, it's the first time listening. That is locking them up, mortal lock, Manel Cop. So if you don't want to follow the slime ball, if you're a straight wager guy and you got a fat bankroll, throw it on a Manel Cop, minus 190. Earlier in the week, he was like minus 160. He's obviously climbing. Wouldn't be surprised if he closes two to one. I still like that number. This guy's going to fight for the title one day. I'm, I'm super high on him. Give me Manel Cop. Now, there could be a possibility that I'm overlooking Sumajari, but I'm not the type of guy that goes, well, you know, Sumajari can win, and so Manel Cop can win, and you're trying to save your ass. You're trying to go, you know, so when when your fighter loses, you can go back and be like, well, see, I did say Sumajari had a shot. No, 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 no. Sumajari does have a shot. I could be overlooking him, but my dick's on the table. My nuts are out. Now cop, and it's not like it's that big of a play. He is a favorite, but I like him by knockout as well. That's a prop I'm gonna be chasing as well. Probably gonna be along the lower end of the props, but it will be there. Macy Barber versus Montana Della Rosa. 
One of my favorite names in the UFC, Montana De La Rosa. Montana, I think, is a cool name. De La Rosa, badass last name. It's almost as good as Anastasio Bolmanes, which is the best name because that dude's in romance novels, just banging broads. Macy Barber, Montana. This is a high-level fight, though. I like Macy. I picked Macy. I think she's going to win by a decision. Um, Kenny broke it down better than I did, I thought, on the Anconforian podcast. Kenny talked about the athleticism and just how Macy's a little bit better everywhere. Montana, I think, does have a grappling advantage, maybe a wrestling advantage. But I think Macy's just so cardio's on point nowadays. Coming back from that knee surgery, she's mean in there. Striking's coming along. She's dangerous on top. Montana's a definitely a live underdog at plus 155. Macy Barber minus 180. But I like Barber here. If I didn't put a rule on myself of adding women to parlays because I've been burned before because women MMA is just not my strong suit yet. I would add Macy Barber. I am that confident, but I'm not doing that. She's not a slime ball candidate. Don't worry. I've learned from my mistakes, boys. Fool me once or whatever that saying goes. Give me Macy Barber here. I like her by decision. Uh, and I like her to look pretty good in this fight too. I, I'm like what I'm seeing on Instagram. Um, and I, and I think she's that good. I really do. She's 23 years old. She's constantly going to get better. And she's not a type of girl to slack off. Like this, 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 this woman is fierce and a badass. And she's gonna come in there and she's gonna handle business. Alexander Romanov versus Chase Sherman. This fight got put together. I had Bozer in there. Romanov is a minus fourteen thirty. Just got these from Best Fight Odds. These are not on DraftKings yet. And then Chase Sherman plus seven hundred. You can expect that to go here. Boy, oh boy. Um, so I picked Bozer in the Romanov fight because I thought Romanov would slow down and. And Bozier would take over. It's a nice little juicy underdog play. Bozier got hurt. What are you going to do? Enter Chase Sherman. Now, people are like, huh, Chase Sherman just got cut. Why is he back? I'll tell you why. Money. So Chase Sherman, right? How old is Chase Sherman, first off? He could be 24. I don't know. He's probably not, though. 32. So he's still fairly young for heavyweight. Okay, so Chase Sherman got cut. They give him a call and said, hey, Chase, my guy, we have, uh, we have a fight for you. And he probably goes, okay, who is it? And they're like, yeah, you know that big fucking, uh, he's not Russian. What is he? Mondolvian, Alex Romanov? Yeah, him on four days notice. You want to do it? Chase goes, give me a bag and a four-fight deal. I'll do it. And they're like, okay, done. Chase has came out, so he's got a four-fight deal, and he's getting paid a lot of money for this fight. That is business. That is a business decision. Chase Sherman's so tough, 32 years old. He's like, listen. I got a shot in the first two minutes to clip this guy. If I get to the ground, fucking I know I'm done, right? So that's why I like Romanoff by sub. I don't like him by TKO. I think Chase is going to, when he gets, you know, when he, he, this and I'm not knocking Chase here, Chase Sherman, even though I do think he is not UFC quality heavyweight, but Romanoff's going to get to the ground and he's going to fucking donkey punch him. Chase is going to roll. And then he's going to give up something. And then Romanov's going to take it head and arm or some kind of submission. And Chase, instead of fighting it, Chase is like, I don't want to get hit anymore. I still got this bag waiting for me. I got three more fights. I'm tapping out, right? That would be the smart way. So I like Romanov by sub. Clearly don't have the props in front of me once again. But obviously Romanov by sub. And by the way, buyer be warned. If you tell me, thank you, love you. Never going to sell my picks, right? Never going to happen. Never going to put them behind a paywall, Patreon, whatever, right? I'm hot right now. I'm hot. But if you do buy picks, if you pay for touts or you follow a guy that you tail, maybe he doesn't pay for whatever, but maybe he asks, you know, I slide in that Venmo, man. I want you some money or whatever. If your guy is giving you top ticket Romanoff 
and Dean Barry, and let's say Tyson Pedro, if he gives you that as a three-fight parlay and you're paying him like 25 bucks for a pick, fire him, call the cops on him, block him. Because you're getting robbed. Don't and I'm not saying there's guys out there that are gonna do that. Um, that's just pure laziness. There might be. There fucking might be. I could see Romanoff and Tyson Pedro and all these guys being top ticket plays and they're the biggest on the card. Anybody with a brain can look at a number and go, oh, that's the highest number. I think he'll win. Right? Don't pay for these schmucks, these scumbags. Okay, listen to me. Listen to Kenny Florin. We got you for free, baby. Got you for free. But I like Roman up by sub there. Coleman event, Clay Guida versus Claudio Pulis. We have not broken down this fight because Claudio came on after me, did a nice little interview there. Claudio's a guy who slept on a little bit. Here's my problem with, with me, okay? This is my own problem. A guy comes in the UFC like Claudio, gets knocked out by Martin Bravo, right? Competitive fight, gets knocked out in the second round. I remember that as his debut. And I go, okay, I'm going to fade this guy. Fights Philippe Silva. I think I picked Philippe Silva. I don't think I had money on it. Okay. Marcus Mariano, I definitely picked Claudio in that fight. Didn't bet it. But I did bet Jordan Levitt. Big mistake. Claudio dominated. Looked great. I did bet Chris Grusmacher, right? Very competitive fight. Knee bar, third round, whatever. Claudio looked fantastic. So, four-fight win streak after coming off that UFC. I faded this guy. I haven't paid attention to this guy because I'm an idiot. Clay Guida, baby. Groovy Clay. I don't know how his name's not Groovy Clay. Uh, this is coming off a nice little win over Leonardo Santos, which was a great comeback win there. Took some big shots. Should have been submitted. Wasn't. Came back submitted. Leonardo Santos himself. Mark Madsen's a fight where a lot of people thought he won. He could be on a three-fight win streak here. He's grappling Billy Quarantello outside the UFC. Won that. Um, the last time he got finished was Jim Miller back in 2019 by guillotine choke in round one. Just dove right into that. So Clay's been pretty active, and he's been wanting these young guns, right? Claudio was a dog earlier in the week. Now it's a straight pick him at plus 110. I like Claudio's length. I like his striking. I like his submissions over Clay. Clay's going to go back to what Clay knows. He's going to go back to diving at legs. He's going to go back to wrestling, which I think is a smart strategy. His striking's coming along. His overhand right's great. He clipped Mark Madsen with it, right? He hurt uh, Leonardo Santos on the feet with it as well. But I think his, his obviously what he's always going to revert back to is that wrestling and that grinding style. He wants to grind out Pulez. I, don't, I think Pulez is smart enough to know, hey, man, it ain't going to fucking happen. I'm lights on the ground. I'm good on the feet. I like Claudio here, and I like him by sub as well. I'm going to hammer that sub prop. Don't know if I'm going to touch the money line. Maybe I will because it's a pick em. I like pick em fights. So minus 110 to Claudio Pulez here. Taking him by sub. I think Clay will have a pretty good maybe first round. If he doesn't get caught in a guillotine right away, it's going to be a competitive fight. But I see Claudio catching something late, whether it's almost like a Kenny Florian fight where he rocks Clay, Clay goes to the ground, he gets Kenny snatches his neck, right? I can see Claudio doing that. I think Claudio is a guy that flew under my radar. This is a nice little step up for him. This is a good benchmark because Clay is a tricky fighter. Give me the young gun. Give me Claudio. Uh, and I like that. All right. Main event, Amanda Lemos was Jessica Andrade. Uh, love this fight. I think it's going to a decision. I think both females are unbelievably tough. These Brazilian women are something special, man. They're fucking bangers. They have so much heart and pride. And I don't know if there's bad blood or not. Probably not. It doesn't have to be, right? Uh, they may even know each other. I don't know. But it's, it's shocking to me that Jessica Andrade has been around forever. Former champion. Has fought for... The title multiple times. Fought for fought Joanna, lost, beat Rose, lost the way Lee, and then fought for Valentina and lost. So she's been around and she's been a champion and she's fought for multiple belts. She's four years younger than Lemos, which is crazy. I mean, 22 and 9 is Andre's record, or Andre's record, and Amanda Lemos is 11 and 1 and 1. 
Lamos lost her UFC debut, and then the Angela Hill fight was super slimy, boys. I think Angela Hill, I, I, I have to go back and rewatch it. I've only seen some highlights, but very slimy in my opinion. Man, man Lamos, though, likes to fight on the outside. She's good everywhere. Jessica Andrade happens to be pretty fucking good everywhere, too. Uh, my pick was Andrade on Sunday when I made it on Aiken Florian. I haven't wavered. She's minus 195. I might stay away, if I was you boys, of any kind of parlay with this. It's the last fight of the night. You can't hedge out. I think Jessica Andrade... Uh, by decision is probably your best play here. Or maybe just Jessica Andrade by money line. Maybe even by knockout. I think Lemos is so tough. But five rounds with that beast coming at you, that little fire hydrant coming at you. Good fucking luck, man. Jessica Andrade is the real deal. Um, one of my favorite fighters. I mean, she brings it every time. She's an absolute fucking beast. By the way, I missed my John Anik cue here. My send him home is Tyson Pedro by sub. That's my send him home. Tonight. Send him home. Send him home early. Send him home early, baby. So recap. Dog lock. Philip Lins. Not confident about it, but it's a lean card. Give me a break. Um, send him home, Tyson Pedro. I think he's going to get a sub in the first round. I would hammer first round sub. If it goes sideways, it goes in that second round because he's been out for four years. Let's start hedging our bets, boys. And then Mortal Lock, Manel Cop. I'm very confident. I like Cop. He's one of my guys. Slimeball candidate as well. So brings me to the Slimeball parlay. And boy, is it juicy. Let me, I have it written down. I have not placed the bets yet. I usually go on Saturdays. I might go on Friday. So this is obviously subject to change the line. Not my picks. My picks are my locked in. Okay. First, slime ball, number one, Manel Cop, right? He is my motor lock. I think he's going to win minus 190. Let's get him, right? I think he's going by knockout. I don't parlay money lines with props. I don't do that, okay? It's a rule. Parlay props with props. Number two, Charles Jordan, a Canadian baby. I love that fight with Lando. People might be scared off about this pick because Lando Venata never gets finished, and it's a very close fight with him every time. I just really think that Jordan is going to be a step ahead of him with everything. And as long as his cardio checks out, and as long as he looks like DeAndre, you will fight. We're going to be in good shape here. I think he, I think he beats Lando by decision, and uh, it's going to be close. But listen, this is gambling. This isn't easy. This is a thin card. I had a scratch and claw. I ain't giving you Romanov. I ain't giving you Tyson Pedro. I ain't giving you Dean Barry. I'm giving you some fucking winners here, okay? And the third one, another Canadian boy, Marc-Andre Barriot. I feel like I'm hard on the Canadians. I love Canada. Marc-Andre Barriot, that gives you plus 341 as a slime ball. One of the highest slime balls of the year, almost 4-1 to one on your money. We're going to need some bounces. We're going to need Jordan Wright to show up and get knocked out like, like he always does. We're going to need a Jordan to be on, and we're going to need Manel Cop to just throw, and we're cashing tickets, boys. That's it. That's the show. I kept it a quick, quick 40. I wanted to kind of keep it right there because fights are on. Dinner's waiting for me. Wanted to hammer this out. That's it. That is it. That is the fights. Go follow me on MMA Takes Podcast on all social media. Instagram, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Twitter, I'm heavy on Twitter. Got a DM. A guy was upset with me that I wasn't responding to DMs on Twitter. Or excuse me, on Instagram. I apologize. It goes to a weird folder that I don't ever see, and I'm never on it. So I do apologize. I got back to you. Relax, okay? Um... I don't know what that was. Delete that. <laughs> Delete that from your mind. I'm going to go up a silly, goofy mood today. Um, and then buy a shirt. These shirts are fire. If you want one, I didn't press you to buy shirts before because I didn't know how they turn out. They turn out fire. We got a slime ball shirt. We got an MMA take shirt. We got a capper shirt. And we got a chalk boys and a value boy shirt. Which one are you? Are you chalk boy or you value boy? You're chalk boy or value boy. I'm a winning boy. Let's fucking go. Woo! It's
Val, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.